Welcome to Insights, a podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling, buddy? We're doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing really well, Matt. Things feel good over here. Uh, the, the, the the team's moving forward. We got some good work goals aligned. We're going to talk about goals mm-hmm. in a second. Got some really good personal goals aligned for the year. And you know what, man? Dry January, going really darn well. And uh, I'm going to be honest, dude. Feels feels really, really good. We're proud of you for that. I thought Thank you were going to talk about dry like the sunshine. We haven't seen it on the eastern part of the country. Actually, fun, funny story. Go ahead. Having a call with uh, a job board today, and they're, mm-hmm. over, they're overseas. Yep. And they brought it up before even I did. They said the sun's out here in England. And uh, I was yeah. like, oh, send it back here, buds. Chaps. We had some family over. <laughs> we had some family over. I think it was like a week ago, two weeks ago, and, yeah. and the sun actually came out on a Saturday. <laughs> and and I swear to you, and I was not even being like funny downstairs. The sun came through the window hard, mm. and like the whole room lit up. Mm. And I I audibly like in the room full of people was like, "What is that?" And like I thought there was a truck outside what? my house or something. It caught us so off guard because yeah. it went just from like gloom to full light. Mm. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, big gaseous ball in the sky made an appearance. Um, How about the, that, the perma cloud's been real, but hey, if that's the biggest problem, I know sun puts everyone in a better mood. But uh, we'll get there. It'll it'll start popping up here. And um, what is that? Vitamin C, D, D. Do you supplement in the off season? I do. do all, all season, really. Maybe not the really? day. Maybe not the days we're outside all day. But yeah, I supplement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Good for you. I'm sure it's in my multi. Um, sure. Should probably know that. But yeah, I I do not additionally supplement with vitamin D. Matt, what do you say, man? Let's get to the show. Let's go. All right, man. Bests and firsts. We talk about this in sports quite a bit. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm affiliated with the National Lacrosse League and quite a few different lacrosse organizations. I have been for the better part of seven years now. And being around sports, we hear about bests and firsts quite a bit. You look at SportsCenter. They're showing their top 10 plays. You look at what sports teams show. They're not showing you the fumbles. They're not showing you on their social media, the interceptions. They're showing you the best content, the best plays, the best sound bites from interviews. They're showing you firsts, whether it's Matt's first touchdown or Matt's first hole in one. Hopefully that comes soon, buddy. Mm. Or the first time somebody suits up or hockey teams love to do it. That first lap when players go out alone and they take that first solo lap around the ice. Matt, sports loves to show bests and firsts. I thought it'd be great in thinking through that. Why doesn't the staffing industry do that? Why don't we lean into bests and firsts? And maybe in a way we are, but I think we can be so much more intentional in that. What do you think? Yeah, I think you can. It's 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 easy content. Mm-hmm. It's also because people connect with it. Oh, I got my first job at Brad Staffing Agency. Great yep. picture frame, throw it yep. on there, tag someone on social. It's going to blow up and get an engagement. It's it's simple. There's a reason sports have highlighted your career best night, your first mm-hmm. accomplishment forever. There's a reason. It's what people want to see, mm-hmm. right? When you, when you think about milestones, it seems like every play in the NFL, there's a new milestone for something. 
and it'll be, you know, the first quarterback to run 500 yards in three and a half quarters <laughs> with one fractured toe. And it's like, yeah. it's the dumbest milestones at times, but it feels like there's a, a tendency to want to have milestones every chance you get, but they want people to buy into that hype. They want people to buy into that excitement. As Matt's saying, if you're working with a candidate for the first time and you're placing them, we should be proud of that. If you're placing the best talent, you're placing the best individuals. If you're getting the best testimonials, there are so many ways that we can show bests and firsts across our social, across our website, across our entire marketing. I think we need to lean into that. Matt, if we think about bests and we think about recruitment marketing, man, this is right in your wheelhouse. We should be advertising the best jobs to lure people in, to captivate attention, right? So that ultimately people find the other opportunities too. And, and hopefully those are just as good. Simple idea I just came up with. Honestly, folks, I did. Um, we did the research. Best pay rates for work with operators in mm-hmm. the Buffalo area. Done. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Something simple because salary is the number one thing people look at when searching for jobs. Just saw right. it on a... Um, I think it was one of the webinars I watched this past week, whether it was ASA or AppCast. There was a there was a lot of good content this past week, but that was literally the number one thing. I think thirty eight percent of people check that off. Um, you can check off multiple options, but it sure. was it was number one by five, six, seven percent. So simple idea right there. Yeah, I mean, you could think about your first placement. You could think about the first time working with a new client. You can talk about your a new hire's first day at the office or a new first uh, time somebody steps out on a contract assignment. You can showcase all of those firsts and you can showcase, maybe it's the first placement of the week, right? You're making rapid placements. Great. Good mm-hmm. for you. But you're still positioning it in a way to build hype and build excitement. And let's build off the first because there's a lot of talk about internal employee turnover, especially yeah. in the staffing industry. Matt works at Brad Staffing Company. I make my first placement. Here's Matt's first placement. The yeah. recruitment marketing doesn't stop after someone applies for the job, after someone accepts the job. That that first day and week is vital to a new employee's experience at their new job. So highlight the first thing they did, make them feel awesome and, and special and, and highlight that. Why would you not want to, Hmm? right? I mean, you should want people to feel excited about coming into work. They're making placements. They're making your business money, right? They're probably getting a cut on that too, from a commission standpoint. But if you have a commission-based structure in place, but we should want to showcase that we should want to be proud of that. Candidates should want to work with Matt because Matt is placing people left and right. And if you're showing that across your social, you're showing that across your marketing, your content, whatever it might be, well, then other people are going to want to work with you. They don't want to work with people who don't make placements. I mean, gosh, you don't want to put out a stat of like, this is Matt's first placement in 365 days because who's going to want to work with Matt again? Hmm. But if you're consistently showcasing that Matt is putting great people to work and great opportunities, well, then people are going to start reaching out to Matt saying, hey, how can you help me? What can you do for me? Maybe we we lean into the sports center methodology and and maybe we don't do a top 10 jobs of the week, but maybe we do a top five. Maybe we're showcasing a top three. Maybe we're showing our top three testimonials of the month. Matt, we got a fantastic testimonial from a client the other day about how they had worked with a, an individual who was homeless, found him a job. He came back and thanked them and was so passionate about how he wouldn't have gotten out of this homeless shelter if it wasn't for the staffing agency. That testimonial should be everywhere. That should be all over everything this client does, and we're working with them on doing so. But when you have stories like that, when you have really, really great bests and really great firsts, you absolutely need to lean into them as a staffing and recruiting firm. 
Matt, the other day we got the team together to talk about mm. 2023 goals. Great, great group of uh, individuals, right? Our entire digital team, our PPC team, our SEO team, Matt, on your side of ops, the recruitment marketing team. We all got together to talk about 2023 goals and make sure that we're all rowing in the same direction. Matt, that got me thinking. We need to do the same with marketing. And I don't know that every company and individual listening right now is actually sitting down and aligning their goals for 2023 as it relates to marketing. Are you hearing that when you're talking to people? So with the recruitment spend, it's vital. It's it's really important because, and this is something um, Bradley Reed on my team, he's kind of coining this phrase, we want to be intentional with our spend. Mm-hmm. We have this budget, 5,000, 2,000, 10,000, whatever it is per month. And it's great. You can deliver applications. But you want to be intentional for it to meet the needs. Do you want to grow? There's an example of a client that has a their work in aerospace and they want to really grow this these jobs with this big client they have. So we're making sure money goes to there. That's aligning. It's not marketing, it's recruiting, but it's the same goal. It's the same, yeah. the same process here of putting making sure your your marketing your recruiting spend is aligned with with business goals so they want to grow this relationship with a client i don't know what the percentage on the top of my head but what do you have to do with with your with your strategy to make sure that works so i think from a recruiting market recruitment marketing standpoint you want to make sure if you're investing dollars on job boards if it's facebook recruitment if it's google ppc wherever it is you know how is that directly leading to applications that can help you meet that goal in the recruitment marketing space? I think it's it can be a little bit easier than traditional marketing, and that's not just marketing and staffing. That's marketing in any industry. It's it's a challenge. Matt, I had an interesting conversation with a client a, a week or so ago, and we were talking about goals, and um, they got kind of direct with with me and the team and saying, you know, you should know these. Like you're our marketing partner, you should know our goals, and and. I kind of shot back in a nice way, right? And I might be a little bit more direct on the podcast here because I don't remember the call exactly what I said. But I said, yeah, but we don't, right? We talked a few months ago. We knew the goal then. We've we've executed on that goal, but it's a new month. It's a new quarter. It's a new year. You have new goals and we need to understand where that business is shifting so that we can make sure everything we're doing now is aligned with the new goal. Matt, you know, you talk about working out or you talk about your golf game, right? The goal right? Let's talk about working out for a second, right? Because it's what I'm passionate about right now and understanding that I still have a lot of room to go, but it's it's where I'm at. The goal last quarter isn't the same as where I want, what I want to do in February, right? There's very, very specific things that are changing and that's okay, but it's a new goal. And then we execute based on that goal. Your business is evolving. Friends, if you have the same business challenges as you have today that you had six months ago, I would challenge you and say, you absolutely do not. You know, We're talking with Dozens of clients every week, Matt and I, and and the challenge is changing, right? A lot of companies right now are saying that they need more clients, they need more orders. They're struggling to find that new business. If we're still executing on a marketing strategy that's built around finding talent, well, then how are you going to get new business? And that comes down to saying and having the honest conversation of, listen, here's what I want to achieve. Matt had another great call. Client was very direct and saying, listen, 17%, that's what we want. We want 17% growth this year. How are we going to get there? And that's it. And it was a great conversation, fantastic conversation. But we know the destination. Matt, we talk about the roadmap all the time, right? If we don't know where we want to get to for family vacation, we're never going to know if we actually make it there. We need to have those goals. And then we can execute from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, whatever it is, from a process standpoint, based on those goals. 
You got anything else for us? I don't. I think it, it's important that you know we talk about smart goals all the time and beginning of killing their year quarters make it easy. So um, aligning everything together is really important. It's something we want to do a little bit better here on the recruitment marketing side, Haley Marketing this year. But I think yeah. you know it's it's always a constant battle because the goals change, especially in this this really weird economic job market state that we're in. So yeah. um, continuing to have those conversations leads to the best results. I want to challenge this. If you've thought about your goals, great. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know, it's business as usual, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. If you have goals and they're in a saved Word doc that's still titled 2022, I would challenge you to revisit those. Let's take a quick peek at it. Make sure, even if that is still the same goal, let's revisit it and make sure that's what it is. And then let's think about what you're doing to achieve that goal. Are you actually working to execute towards that goal? Or are you just going through the motions? Because the same thing day after day does not produce results. We need to make sure that we have a goal. We need to make sure that what we're doing is marching us closer towards that goal. Mm. Matt, you shared a blog article with me about a slow line at a checkout in a grocery store. Uh, It's from CBC. Mm. And the title of the article, we'll link to it in the show notes, is Got Time at This Slow Grocery Store Checkout Lane. A leisurely chat is okay. Matt, I'm going to be honest, man. I hate the thought of a slow checkout line. I use Instacart. I pick up my groceries once a week. I have probably not gone in and bought groceries in like two to three years. I pop into Wegmans or Tops every now and again if I need like one thing after the gym or whatever it might be. Something small for dinner, just get like one item. Like, oh, we're out of X. Okay, great. Right now it's diapers. But I hate the thought of a slow checkout line. Talk to me about why you wanted to bring this to the show. I mean, so do I. I am so mad (laughs) at... um. I'm I'm mad online at Wegmans yeah. for getting rid of the scan app because you can't scan your groceries. It's, it's gone. It's gone. There was too much uh, theft, I believe. The people that are makes hurting. Sense. Yeah, they're they're you know, they're whatever. They're moving on from that. Yep. But anyway, yeah, this this company up in or I think it's a grocery chain up in in O Canada, Sobeys might be Sobey, mm-hmm. um, with how you you talk uh, with the accent up there. Sure. But they introduced a slow lane to the grocery store and. Yep. I love this. This I'm stealing Brad's kind of rock star marketing. It's not it might might be marketing, but it's something they're doing. Um, because there's people that want to spend time in the checkout line. Sure. There might be older population, might be someone, I don't know, works at home all the time, wants to go to the grocery store and talk to somebody. So yeah, I love it from the fact that they're not dedicating a ton of resources. I'm sure they have multiple checkout lanes in in the supermarket and maybe one, two of ten or twenty. Or a slower lane. It says it's a slower lane because people just want to talk. So I think that's why I love this. You're meeting a different need for your customer base. I wonder how many people have said that they want a slow lane mm-hmm. for them to actually make that change, right? Because that's that's listening to your customers, that's listening to your your consumers, whoever it might be, right? It, it, from our standpoint, it's listening to people who are submitting applications or, or reaching out about job orders, about the candidate experience or the other experience from the client side of things, where we tend to make change, right? And for us, it's saying, okay, your application process is way too long. Here's the friction. Here's how we change it and and think through that. I'm super curious to think, okay, in this grocery store, how many people have said, listen, we just want to take our time. We're here for a good time. We're not here for a long time, but in this case, I guess you are for a long time. What do we do about this? It's a it's a cool thought, Matt. Like for me, I'd hate it. I want to be if I have to go in, I want to be in and out. Most times, I go in with headphones on, mind my own business, get the two or three things I need, and I'm out in two to three minutes. 
or I pick it up. But to your point, there are customers who want this and it's a grocery store listening to their customers to say, listen, we can provide for you. It's perfect A-B test. It costs them nothing, probably. It is marked at one lane throughout the whole store. So I think it's great in that aspect. I love where you came from. Like, yeah, do people ask for this? It'd be interesting on the other side if people are complaining about it, but you'd have to have a lot of things go wrong for people to be mad about one checkout lane affecting their shopping experience. So it's the perfect A-B test. It costs you not too much. It it probably builds some goodwill with your customers, some loyalty, and and you give it a try. But I think the takeaway is see what your customers want. See what your clients want. Just And then think about if it can... If you can implement that into your your business model, doesn't mean just because someone gives you an idea for to try something, you have to do it. It needs to fit into your business model, and if it does, you know, test it out. And that's why I thought this was a really a really cool idea when it's it's flipping on its head the speed that a lot of people want, and it's still meeting. You know, I'm sure some a part portion of their their customer base wants it. Yeah, my angle on it is I I relate it to the candidate experience. There are people who want to fill out an application. There's probably people who just want to call you. There's people who might want to stop by your office and chat about open jobs, who want to see you as a career coach and actually work with you. There's people who might want to submit an application and never talk to you. And that probably won't work, but I'm sure it's there. There might be people who want to submit an application through Facebook. Maybe people want to, I don't know, use a chatbot. Do you have all of these points of entry for candidates or are you saying, no, this is the way we do things? We have one self-checkout or one fast lane checkout. Or are you offering all of that? Are you meeting your candidates where they want to be met? Man, we talk about this with content all the time. You don't know if someone wants to listen to a podcast, watch a video, read a blog, check out an ebook, a white paper, whatever it might be, a short, uh, a reel, uh, a TikTok, whatever it might be. Are you producing all of that so that your consumers, your candidates, well, they can find you where they want to be found? I think it's an interesting thought. And I'm I'm glad you took it the way you did because I I didn't see where you were going with that one, but you know from a from my angle on the candidate side of things, I think it makes a ton of sense to A B test your candidate experience. And this is very much to goal setting. Just because it's the way you've always done it doesn't mean it's the way it always has to be done. You can make changes. You can change things around. You can A B test. You can ask your candidates and say, listen, is this was this a good experience? Where could it be better? If you were to apply again, what would you change? Get that feedback. So that the next people that come through your line at the checkout, great way to tie it together, Biley, have a better experience than the first one. Friends, this is usually the part of the show where we say thanks for listening to Insights, but we got a special guest for you this week. We brought on David Searns, co-CEO at Hilly Marketing. Talk about how it's time for the industry to learn how to sell. It's a great interview with David. He's going to give you some great action items on ways that you can sell more in 2023 to drive more business. As always, we want to thank you for checking out the show. And hey, let's get to the interview with David. David, welcome to Insights. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing today? We're doing fantastic, David. How are you? Awesome. I'm uh, temporarily down south at 77 degrees. Hmm. Uh, The sun is shining, and I'm still getting work done. So it's all good. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. That's the segment. (laughs) Matt, what are we, like mid-30s in rain right now in, in balmy Buffalo? I don't think we've seen the sun this calendar year. Yeah. What is that like? <laughs> My this bright yellow thing. Yeah. I don't know. When Maybe uh, when we see it, we'll let you know, but I haven't seen it in a while either. 
Well, hey, David, we uh, we have a consulting class here at Haley Marketing that you run just about every other Thursday where you talk to our team about what you're seeing in the, in the industry, uh, some calls that you're having with clients or prospects or or things that you're observing from other meetings or conversations that you're a part of. And uh, it struck Matt and I about a week ago, you had mentioned that it's time for the industry to learn how to sell. And that's really what that consulting course was about. And we thought it'd be good to bring you on the show to, to talk to our listeners about why it's time for the industry to learn how to sell. So why do you feel that way? Well, and, and I, I feel guilty for saying it the way I did because I think the industry knows how to sell. So don't take it the wrong way, guys. But the reality is, is since about 2010, maybe 2011, we've been in growth mode in staffing and we've never, ever in the history of the industry had a run where it was so much about candidates, candidates, candidates for more than a decade. I mean, there was a, obviously with COVID, there was a blip where nobody knew what to expect, but it's been about recruiting. And as the market got tighter for talent, the ease of getting a job order just kept going up and up. And I talked to a lot of companies in 2018, 2019, who said, everybody will talk to me right now. It's not hard to sell at all. It's hard to find someone to fill their job orders. Well, COVID messed that up. And now, thanks to the inflation in the economy and lots of other things that I, I won't dive into, you know, the economy's slowing down. And I'm talking to more and more owners who said, yeah, we still got a bunch of job orders, but we're not getting as many new ones. And when you start to see that turn, you know that you have to really get smarter about how you sell and where you sell and making sure your people are doing the right things. Yeah. And you've always been a proponent for, even when you have a lot of job orders, going out and finding more, You know, really making sure that you're proactive about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. When, when you've got boom times, you want more job orders, even if you don't have candidates, because every candidate you have, um, this is a horrible analogy, but I'll use it anyway. It's like perishable fruit. Mm-hmm. So it's going to spoil. And what happens with a, with a good candidate in a hot market is if you don't place that person, somebody else will. So you need enough jobs so you have a place to find a home for good talent as soon as you finish the interview. So we're kind of flipping to the other side. And, and my contrarian view, and I'm glad Matt's here, is when job orders become scarce, you need to get better at recruiting, not just selling. Because now, client gives you a job order, uh, their expectations of the quality of the candidate you're going to deliver, they went up. So now it's got to be this perfect fit talent or they don't want to talk to you. And whoever supplies that candidate first gets the placement. And if there are fewer placements being made, you want it to be your company. So you got to be on your A game for recruiting, even in a down market. Do either of you know the the current data on time to fill, what, what the industry average is? I don't in staffing. I was reading outside of staffing that an average open days for a job rec is 42 days. Now, temporary jobs, you know, Blue collar jobs, I'm sure, are less. Uh, if you're in IT and it's really hard to find talent, I'm sure it's higher. But that was an average that I read. And I, please don't ask me to quote the website because I don't remember what site I saw it on. I mean, you read a ton, right? I, I know uh, you sent our team while you were traveling the other day, probably three or four links just on that flight alone. So uh, I, I wouldn't hold you to where did you get that from uh, by any means. So David, what do people do, right? If and and I know it's time for the industry to learn how to sell is a is a hard way to say it. And you know, yes, we are trying to drive some clicks here on insights. But if you think about individuals, um, maybe newer in their career who haven't had to sell, who have had it candidly, maybe a little easy. Where would you even get started? 
the majority of people working in sales in the staffing industry have never experienced a recession. It's a new ballgame. But where do you sell? There's not one sale to be made. There's three. So the first sale is the sale or the battle just to get somebody's attention. So right now, everybody's turned to what? Uh, I can use automated emails. I can go out on LinkedIn and I can spam the world with my LinkedIn outreach. And that's what a lot of people are doing for quote unquote lead gen. And so every decision maker on planet earth is now getting some solicitation to meet for some product or service about every 12 seconds in their inbox. And in staffing, a lot of people will ramp up the cold calls. They'll pick up the phone. They'll do drop buys. So how do you stand out from everybody else? I have to find creative ways to capture people's attention. That can be with the phone. That can be with mail. That can be with things I drop off. That email is probably the hardest to capture attention. But I have to think about what am I going to do that's going to break out from all the clutter and make somebody, hey, pay attention to me. That's the first sale. Matt, we talk about standing out frequently on insights. I feel like that's a, a typical segment for us because, you know, candidly, if everyone's trying to do the same thing, how do you stand out? My in-mail, and, and David, I can only imagine what yours is like as, you know, having CEO in your title on LinkedIn, you probably get bombarded with in-mail. For me, I, I get probably five or six a day of people that are just spamming me. And it's a lot, right, Matt? A lot. The battle for attention is tough. So you got to find some creative ways and zig a little bit when everybody's zagging or however you want to yeah. frame that to, to make sure we're finding the right, you know, getting the right attention at the right time. Yeah. And staffing sales, I, I go real old school here. I like mail. I like packages. Mm -hmm. I like things that can't be missed. I like FedEx. I like priority mail. Um, something that comes in a box. Why? Because nobody's throwing those things out without seeing what's inside. It's the old cereal box. What's the prize inside? People want the prize inside. Now, if it's electronic, I'm doing email or in-mail outreach, there still has to be a prize inside. What is it going to get me right in the subject line that's going to make me say, I got to I gotta look at this? I had one recently, in fact, just this week, somebody had a really cool product for doing scheduling and making doing branded scheduling pages. And basically, that's what he said. He goes, would you like a better experience for scheduling? And I'm like, yeah, I really don't like the back and forth with scheduling. I don't love bookings. Calendly is okay. And this company looks like they had a better mousetrap for something that just was right place, right time for me. That, that works. That's another way to capture attention. But let's move on to the second sale. So the second sale is not staffing. It's why should someone meet with you? So think about it. You know, you guys are busy. You're doing your job every day. You got clients to talk to. You got projects to get done. And if some salesperson wants to meet with you, you got to love these. You know, can I just get 15 minutes of your time? No, you can't. I don't have 15 minutes to spare. And, and every CEO I know is trying to say no more often and protect their schedules. So why meet? So the answer to why meet is what problem are you going to solve for me that I either don't know about or that I'm unable to solve on my own? Or conversely, what amazing thing, what opportunity can you bring to me that I didn't know about or I didn't think was possible? Because if I'm solving a problem or allowing you to capture an opportunity, that's going to create enough interest maybe for that 15-minute conversation to make sense. I always come back to pain point here. You know, what pain point are you trying to solve? And that's especially when you're going to a high level, you know, co CEO level C suite, what's keeping them up at night? You've told, you know, that's been a common theme for 
sales marketing and inhaling marketing consulting class for years. And it's gotten through to me. So that's been good, especially the recruiting guy over here. But that's what I always try to come back to is that second battle you're talking about, David, is, you know, what's the pain point we're trying to solve? Yeah. And very often, this is the hardest thing for people in staffing. It's not staffing. It's what is the next layer? I'm providing temporary employees to do what? What's the what's the work that needs to get done? And what's the pain the employer is having? And if the employer is cutting back, they're suffering in their own business. Well, what's the pain that makes them want to talk to you now? Is it, okay, I can top grade my talent because now there's people in the market? Or is it that the way out of a downturn is through increasing productivity? And here's ways to use temps to increase productivity. Or is it, I was told by my manager, I need to cut costs. So let's look at ways to convert some of our fixed overhead to more variable expense using temps in place of full-time employees. We really have to think more strategically about the problems staffing can solve. And that becomes the why meet. David, one of my favorite stories that you tell pretty frequently is the fact that no one needs a temp. And that conversation that you had at a conference, God knows when. I've, I've been here now almost a decade. So I've heard that story at least 10 years. So who knows when it actually happened to you, but why don't you tell uh, our, our listeners why no one needs a temp? Oh, this is, yeah, it was, was a funny story. And it was in the early to mid 2000s. And I was at a conference and I don't remember, I was talking about positioning and I made the statement to the audience, but, and you know, no one needs a temp. And I could see this gentleman in the crowd just look at me like, what are you talking about? And I, and I said, look, no one needs a temp. And he goes, well, how do you think I'm in business? I said, I know how you're in business, but you're not in business because there's anybody that needs a temp. No one needs a temp. I just kept saying this. And I watched him getting angrier and angrier. And then I realized that he was about double my size and (laughs) I better change direction on this quickly. And I said, I said, no one needs a temp because no one has extra budget sitting around saying, I'm going to run out and write a check to get a temp to come in here. He said, why do your clients really work with you? No one needs a temp. And I saw the light bulb go go off and he, this wasn't very nice of him, but he goes, they need to keep their effing machines running. And then he stopped and he looked at me and he goes, oh my gosh, we're not in the temporary staffing business. I'm in the business of keeping people's machines running. And he actually changed his whole sales methodology. He switched to really focusing on helping people with lean manufacturing and helping people understand how to improve process. And it made a huge difference in his business because he realized, yeah, temporary help was the product he was selling, but the value he was selling was keeping machines running. I love that story. All right. You gave us two steps here. So we need to first win the battle for attention. Then we need to win the, why should someone meet with you battle? What's the third layer? All right. Third sale. Why you? So I got the meeting. I get to show how we're wonderful at solving the problem, but why should that employer, why should that HR manager, why should that CEO choose your staffing company over the 10, 20, 50 others in their market or the three to five they're already working with? So you need a really compelling why you. And now this comes down to what's unique about you? Is it your services? Do you actually do something no one else does? Is it your value proposition? Is it key differentiators in how you deliver your service? Um, I like to tell a lot of people, sometimes it just comes down to your company's mission, vision, and values. The core essence of your business is different and more in alignment with the mission, vision, and values of the client. But what is the reason someone should choose you? And that's probably the hardest sale to make because the industry is so competitive. 
this is all really good stuff. You know, I'm I'm sitting here listening and, and thinking, okay, if I was new in, in my sales career and, and I'm working at, you know, Matt's staffing firm, um, how might I take this to leadership or how might I take this sort of methodology to my boss to make it, you know, a little bit more blunt? Listeners for for insights are all all over the board, right? We have we have CEOs that message us. We have junior level recruiters. We we even have a couple of interns that have met, uh, messaged us on on LinkedIn from from staffing firms. Uh, I'm I'm listening here and I'm thinking, okay, this is great, but now what? What's the action item here? Yeah. So if I was new in sales, the best thing that I could do would be to learn more about my clients' businesses. Not learn more about staffing. That'll come but actually learn more about my clients' businesses. What publications do your ideal prospects read? What conferences do they go to? Look at the agenda for those conferences. What are people talking about? What are the issues going on in the industry? What are the solutions people are talking about? What books are popular with the kinds of people you're calling on? If if you're calling on CEOs, what do they read? Because very often when you're in tune with the topics that matter to the people you're trying to call on, that becomes the subject of, of the sales call. I remember this is way back, back in the early days at pre-hailing marketing, um, when we were using the system that became the foundation of our company. And we were sending out these letters and informational articles. This is back in the early 90s. So this is like physical mail letters and articles like we do with email marketing today. And we mailed to the CEO of a local hospital. And we sent the person a, a letter, and it was an article on how to do strategic planning. And the CEO of the hospital called my mom, who was president of our staffing company, and said, look, we're about to do our annual retreat for our strategic plan. Would you come in and facilitate the meeting? My mom almost fell off her chair. She goes, "Um, you you know, I run a clerical staffing company. I'm not a management consultant. And this CEO said, I know what you do. And you sent me an awesome article on how to implement strategic planning. And we know that people is our number one problem. We don't know how to fix it. You understand planning and you understand people. We can't think of anybody better to be in the room. So she got somebody's attention with a letter and an article. The why meet was because they had a big staffing people problem, but it was at a strategic planning level, not at a temporary help level. And then the why this company, because they demonstrated their knowledge of a topic that mattered. And the fact that you're a entry-level salesperson, if you really read up on what matters to your clients and you become a student of your industry, you're going to be ahead of 99.9% of your competitors. Friends, you know we like to do things in threes at Insights. David gave you the three-step process on how you can start selling a little bit more effectively and even a little bit more efficiently, heck, starting this afternoon. Really, really good insights. Matt, anything left from you on the table here before we let David go? No, I'm just the recruiting guy here, Brad. Like I'm I'm here learning just like <laughs> the listeners from about sales. As David said, like I've never worked in the industry in a recession. The one I remember, I worked in athletics and I was about a few years out of school. And I'm like, man, there's no jobs for me to go to other schools. That's literally my my uh, memories of the the Great Recession here at the end of the first decade of the millennium. So no, I'm just learning like everyone else. And trying to make sure we know how to help on the recruiting side when you got to recruit and help people their employer branding and their job advertising and all the aspects that go into it. David, I got to ask, if someone's listening, thinking, hey, this all sounds great, how might Haley Marketing be able to help? Where can they get started? So I'm really excited. So keep watching. If you're not a subscriber to our Big Ideas newsletter, go to HaleyMarketing.com, go to our resources and subscribe because we're just about to roll out a new ebook called Level Up. And it is all about strategies to 
improve marketing, improve sales, improve recruiting, but it's specifically geared around how to use all these marketing tools that we've been using for the last 10 years for recruiting, how to flip them and use them for selling. So that would be a great place to start because virtually any marketing tool, whether it's SEO or PPC, social media, direct mail, can be used as a tool to support what the sales team is doing. So big ideas would be the best place to start. Awesome. And friends, just to tell you one more time and go to HaleyMarketing.com and you can sign up for big ideas. Heck, sign up your entire team. Tell your colleagues, tell your friends, make sure people are aware of big ideas. It's a completely free email newsletter. gets sent to you once a month from the team here at Haley Marketing. David, for all of us over here at Insights, want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Welcome back anytime and have an excellent rest of your afternoon. Thanks, guys. Love it.